But I'll just say this. Every single one of you, you know how hard we've worked. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're going to open it up. We're going to go fast tempo. Defense, get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game. That was the halftime speech I got while I was sitting on the couch watching the game. (laughs) I don't know what the halftime speech the actual Cowboys got um, in the locker room, but that was a good one. Uh, that was that was great TV, wasn't it? When Jimmy yeah, Johnson it was. did that, that was fantastic. Oh, so I mean, awesome! I thought we were going to get Strahan and Gronk with the one-on-one drill there uh, live on television after that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, most enjoyable part of uh, a lot of people's around here's afternoons yesterday that root for the Cowboys. I mean, nobody. Same year, same. You know. Oh, it's you know. My brother and I are are one thing that we really share is the fact that we love to root against the Cowboys. Yeah, uh-huh. and you know, it's I almost felt bad this time around because no. really, well, you know, it's when the thing happens that you know is going to happen and that everyone knows is going to happen. Uh, it just the thought of it is funny, but whenever it actually takes place, it's like it's almost yeah. like when you pull a, a real bad prank on someone, and halfway through, it's like, man, I don't know if we should have done this. It's kind of the feeling. I and got. in a humiliating fashion, like it happened yesterday. You know, it's not one one play that you just sit and think about the entire yeah. uh, off season. It's like, oh my god, I got completely exposed. You're a seven and a half point favorite, supposed to win the game. Everything was setting man. up for you to make the NFC Championship game. No. Knocked out again. Hey, on a positive note, Tyler, they did get some garbage touchdowns to clean up that score (laughs) just a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Boy, that 48-32, it does look a whole lot better now since they scored a couple of times late. You're right about that. It was a two-score game, okay? That's a two-score game. No, but seriously, you and your brother bond over some things. Um, Feels Mm -hmm. like you really bond over hating the Cowboys. I'm sure there's... (laughs) A lot of family members out there that bond over hating on the Cowboys. This is to you, and this is to the text line. Right now, today in American sports, are the Dallas Cowboys the easiest team to make fun of? And have they been for about the past decade? Decade plus, I guess? Um, College sports, pro sports, hmm. anything. Are they the easiest team in American sports to make fun of? Yes, other than the scary thought of maybe it's the Sooners. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not going to look at ourselves today. All right, looking at everyone else, please. You know, I mean, I'm sure all the other fan bases are like, look at those guys haven't won a championship in 25 years, and you think they won one yesterday? Um, I I don't know. Maybe the Cowboys. It's it's. It's big and it's bold and it's in your face and it's uh, yeah. I think it's got to be the Cowboys because I everything's like they're the they've 
they've self-appointed themselves America's team. And I don't know. I think maybe since that declaration, things have maybe turned south. The quarterback, hashtag playoff Dak was a thing yesterday. The owner, like it just just everything about it, and I'm a fan, but I think they are the easiest team to make fun of right now in American sports, and everyone takes their opportunity to do so. They did that yesterday. Man. It's like the um, it's like the exact opposite of the Lions. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pulling so hard for the Detroit Lions. I you almost people, teared up last night when they yeah, won. Yeah, you got guys crying in the stands and. Uh, how loud did that play sound at awesome, the end of man. that game? That that, was... I, that had to be. And I don't. I've never lived in Detroit, and I'm not a fan of any Detroit teams. But that night will probably go down as one of the best uh, sports night in Detroit history. It has through, to. You, you know, what I mean? it has to be. Until next week, maybe. You know, <laughs> yeah. but but you know, you you've, you're over the hump, right? You hosted one. You won one. Uh, you're over the hump. Anything you get from this point on is is just a bonus. So, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Big Chris, uh, truly seven feet tall. Big Chris says, if you look at the dictionary for the definition of insanity, they'll have a picture of the Dallas Cowboys there, LOL. <laughs> um, 307, when does Muleshoe get announced as the Cowboys coach? Ooh, man, I'm – Tyler, I'm worried. Uh, you know who's coming. You you know who it's going to be. Belichick's name keeps getting thrown around, and it's going to put me in a really tough spot. Really tough spot. I I may have. Do I have to like sit out of the most rewarding thing in all of sports is to root against the Dallas yeah. Cowboys? Do I have to sit that one out? <laughs> I uh, I think your hate for the Cowboys takes over for your love of Bill Belichick. So I'm going to guess that. I, I'm gonna guess that you probably keep on hating there, but so I, but, but I I'll think, just chime in with the I knew he wasn't any good without Brady. I uh, I I think that there's a serious chance it could happen, and I think it's pretty easy to see why. Mm-hmm. Does Belichick have all the money he could ever need? Could he just ride off in the sunset with this pile of cash and hang out for the rest of his life? Sure, but does that really sound like Bill Belichick to to any of us? Mm-hmm. No, Bill Belichick. Wants to kind of go out like Tom Brady did, go somewhere else, win without the other, and what mm-hmm. better place to do so than going to Dallas of all places and winning a Super Bowl when it hasn't been done Man. in over 30 years, you know? Man, you're already writing the script. I love it. I beat. I just... <laughs> The, the spiteful guy that Belichick kind of seems like wants to stick it to the Patriots and, yeah. you know, I get, the, get the last laugh here. Well, going to Dallas would be, and winning uh, at a big level, would be getting the last laugh. I think well, there's a chance of it. Dallas is in a tough spot. Um, you know, Prescott is a capable quarterback. He He lights it up whenever it's not really time to light it up, but... He's paid a ton. He's under con- – like, I don't know what you do. Right? You know what I'm saying? I, I, you have to rework that entire offense, and I I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what they do, man. Chapstick says, you know, the absolute best part of the Cowboys sucking in the playoffs is the fact that Barry Switzer was the last head coach to win a Super Bowl in Dallas. Mm. It has to kill all those Texans that hate OU. I'm sure it does. And then in terms of uh, teams in American sports that are easiest to make fun of, 214 says Texas was up there 
405 says the Browns are up there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, the Browns. Um, to cap off that, that trade um, and how bad it's been, going down and getting absolutely pummeled by Houston and a rookie quarterback, whew, pretty wild. 308, I feel so bad for CD. His play is still fantastic. He seems like a great guy. I just want him to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, but one problem. As long as he's there, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But he had one of the greatest um, – I mean, did he – I think he had one of the greatest seasons by an XOU wide receiver in, in the NFL. He ranked top three and more in a couple of categories. Gosh, I don't even know who else it, it would or could be. Yeah, I mean, what, he ended up with like 1,750 yards and cowboy record – yeah, it was, he had an incredible year. Uh, Sean yeah. says nobody had ever heard of Monica Lewinsky, the last Dim Boys Super Bowl. Mm. That's the last time they had never heard of Monica Lewinsky. Dang. That puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Well, I, on the other hand, you got the Packers who, you know, just kind of found their way into the playoffs, what, 9-8, and eight. Um, on the road, dog, and Jordan Love goes out there, looks calm, cool, collected, like he's been in the playoffs for five years and goes and gets a road win, not easy to do. Um, And it looks like the Green Bay Packers are going to have, over a 40-year stretch, (laughs) are going to have three quarterbacks. Back to back to back, time for quarterback play. God, can you imagine if they win a Super Bowl with each? How crazy would that be? Would be. Did you, um, like, just as a fan of the game, I'm sure you felt something for the Lions last night. But as a former member of that organization, did you you feel anything whatsoever? No. Well, I don't know. Maybe because Dan Campbell was there whenever I was there. So it was awesome at the end of the game to see him all – fired up you know that was great so yeah maybe a little bit it is funny the night before i had a dream that Uh i had signed with the detroit lions (laughs) and still has those dreams at 40 years old i do and it's still the same thing where i've signed and i'm supposed to like be out on the on the field for the game or for practice and i'm running around looking for equipment trying to get all my stuff and it's it's a funny dream that I have uh, constantly recurring, but no, nah, it was it was awesome to watch the the Lions. Teddy and, and Uncle Rico the having the same game. dreams that they just signed with the Detroit Lions during, <laughs> yes. during playoff season. Yes, that's it. And it's really the only good game we've had so far. E- oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Cowboys Packers. Not. I mean, it was interesting for a lot of people. I'm sure the ratings didn't go down the more the Packers right. um, piled it on there late in the first half, but. Chiefs and Dolphins just never really felt like the Chiefs are going to lose that game, even when a part of Patrick Mahomes' helmet flies off during the game. Crazy. And then Browns and Texans, that was that was way over early as well. Way over. Man. I think we're going to have a good one tonight, though, Baker and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And uh, I do think, not surprising, the majority of this fan base will be rooting for uh, six to go ahead and win that game tonight. I think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. And um, I don't. That one's interesting. I think it could be a really tight game. I, I, I kind of lean Eagles, but 
I'm not not I'm not sold on it. I just don't know how healthy Baker is, man. He's been hey, listen, he's questionable ribs. on Saturday, right? I mean, yeah, he's going to play, he, but it's like, oh, okay. He is in a lot of pain, and the pain that he's in really affects his play. And it only takes one shot to get him. Like, I don't know how much better he feels now than he did a week ago. Probably quite a bit, but it just takes one shot to get you right back to square one and not able to do a whole heck of a lot. So, we'll but if see. he but if he wins tonight. If he beats the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and, and I'm guessing the story coming out of this game nationally would be the collapse that the Eagles had down the stretch. Maybe Nick Sirianni. Some think that he could get fired if he loses tonight. But would this change the league's perception of Baker Mayfield if he goes to Tampa, wins a playoff game, and has the second playoff win of his career? Does this change anyone's mind about Baker if they win at home tonight? I don't. That's a good question. I don't know. I think the people that have split camps on Baker are probably pretty dug in. Um, I I don't know. I I guess it depends how he plays and how they win if they do. Um, because I feel like he's he's been labeled this year as just kind of enough to get by for them and in, in, in that offense which to some degree is kind of true to you know considering what they've got going but I don't know I for me I'm I I know exactly how I feel about Baker I think he's totally capable I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL but I think he's a capable starter and it, it, whenever he's healthy he can get the job done the problem is it's been really hard for him to stay healthy that's been the difficult part all right Hit us on the text on 651-3439. Hang out at Newcastle Casino today. Opening timeout. We'll be back. Stream at home. Shop the latest ref gear. Read the latest issues of Boyd Street or 19th Street Magazine. And This message was brought to you by the City of Norman. It is the Rush on the Ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Not a normal Monday today. We're about 10 minutes away from the Steelers and Bills playing in an NFL playoff game. And, of course, later on tonight, you've got Baker Mayfield and the Bucks taking on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. you got to think that the network is going to show their OU ties on the broadcast tonight, maybe more than once. There's got to be a value to tonight for that with OU, with a national audience tuning in. I wonder how much of a value that truly is, though, when OU is going to be shown as much as they probably will be tonight, or at least should be, with the two QBs. I don't know. A lot. Um, which makes me think it won't happen. <laughs> um, sure. It would it would happen with every other school, but... Um, Jalen Hurts, this... who, of course, went to Alabama, had this to say about Nick Saban's retirement. Sure. Sure. I And, you know, I am lately and it's been building and i don't trust the media necessarily i trust us or i uh, i don't blame the media i blame us um right everything when it comes to oklahoma is either negative or left out and i feel like that message tonight will be left out and maybe it's just because i'm 
that'd be rather lazy amongst some other things if they leave out that element of the story. Oh, tonight. well, what's what's new, right? What's new? Um, we'll see. I hope they talk about it because, like you said, like that type of exposure is worth a lot of money. Whenever they're talking about your brand on a on a nationally televised big time NFL playoff game, that's going to have huge ratings. Uh, you know, just look how much the commercials cost for those spots. And if they spend a minute or two talking about it, then uh, think about that value. And really, you don't only have to be a minute or two to just a mention, a graphic, mention. one of those cool graphics that they do, something like that. That's right. And if they miss out on that story, it's, uh, it's like I said, laziness amongst other things. It should be one of the – because that hasn't happened a whole lot in NFL history. I, I don't know the number, but two quarterbacks playing in a playoff game and they attended the same school – so that's, that's a pretty big deal. Huh. Yeah. That is interesting. That Ch- is interesting. Chapsticks, Chapsticks says the mule sh- uh, the message tonight will be that they both played for Mule Shoe, not OU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Probably. That's probably more like it if I had to uh, really drill it down. I don't know. I – I think Baker wins. Philly's in a bad – feels like they're in a really bad spot. And hopefully, you know, that kind of continues for him uh, to be able to, to get some good pub tonight. We talked about. And then if it continues on, we can continue to have that conversation. Chapstick may be right since Caleb Williams uh, declared for the draft today. And he's a Lincoln-Riley quarterback. They may mm. go with that one. Yeah. Maybe the number one overall pick, most likely. Who knows? Uh, college football, at least for next year, changed a little bit over the weekend with Jed Fish taking the Washington job. Yeah. Spent a yeah. whole three minutes talking to his team before he left for Seattle, but I think Arizona was going to get some first-place votes next year in the Big 12 preseason, but how it could really change in 2025 is – or, excuse me, in 24 is not necessarily what Arizona looks like, but where is Noah Fafita and some of those other players they had playing next year. Yeah, they, they got they got they got some good players on offense, man. Right, and here's the problem: is you know you, you're going to have a new portal window where you've got a bunch of Alabama guys, a bunch of Washington guys, a bunch of Arizona guys, and I don't know how many DeBoer's able to keep from Alabama or get from Washington. I don't know how many Washington's going to be able to keep Arizona. I, it's it's crazy. You know, now every time a coach leaves, you, you expect that new window to, you know, totally roll over an entire roster, which is very, very difficult. Uh, Arizona was going to return 18 to 22 starters next year. Oh. I bet there wasn't a team. And we talked about how many starters OU is returning for, for next year. I wonder if anyone in college football is returning 18 to 22 starters like Arizona. Crazy. That ain't going to be the case now. No, that number will not be eighteen. Well, their leading or their uh, their their best running back is already in the portal today. Yep, and I'm yeah. sure Fafita and McMillan are just getting some ridiculous offers at this point. Absolutely, and I don't think they're going to be getting those offers from Arizona because, just like you heard, Arizona, uh, like weren't interested in trying to retain Fish because. They couldn't pay to play that game. Washington offered him a huge number. Arizona's like, eh, no, that's out of our that's out of our league right now. And they've got some serious financial problems going on at Arizona. So 
I, I Athletically don't know. or with the university or what's what's going on Financially, there? financially. And I, I don't remember all the details of it, but I know it's substantial. It was one of the things that we were talking about whenever it was um, – it was announced that they were coming to the Big Twelve. Like, there's some there's some deep rooted financial financial issues going on. Yikes. So I want to say it's like two hundred fifty million dollar hole they're Yikes. trying to dig out of or Man. something. Oh boy, uh, I can't remember all the details well, of it. But Jedfish uh, getting seven years, seven point seven five million at uh, at Washington. Yeah. Well, so he's out of there. Unfortunately for Arizona, the way to get out of your financial problems isn't by uh, not retaining your good people and letting them leave. Like, you're, well, you're hey, football coach, when win. you have the most minute, mo- most momentum you've had with the program in 30 years maybe, if not longer than that. Yeah. yeah that, I get that it, though. They're priced out. Cash. I, yeah. they're, they're priced out. What are you going to do? And Washington is, you know, I, frankly, I would say that and it, this has nothing to do with Jed Fish. I think they're overpaying, and you know because they're in the spotlight. They just had the taste of it, right? They played in the title game, and everyone there wants to get right back, so they got to make that big hire. And I'm sure that they, I don't know what the situation was with the buyout for Kalen DeBoer, but they've probably got some money to spend. Um, it's just, I don't know how realistic it is for them right now with everything that. Yeah. With their cycling out. And I guess that was the biggest story of the weekend in college football. I still don't think it's being talked about enough that Jalen Milrow is in the portal. Now, yeah. maybe he's doing what a lot of players would do. Here's just an opportunity for me to make more money elsewhere or at the school that I'm at. And maybe Alabama makes him a great deal and he ends up coming to play back, uh, coming back to Bama next year. But that dude was going to be on the short list for the Heisman Trophy going into the year. Their leading yeah. wide receiver is already gone, going to Texas. Like, just the the look of that with the new coach when everyone already has their doubts that a front-runner to the Heisman would leave and go elsewhere. Like, that potential is – I don't know, man. I, I think that's a bigger storyline than maybe what some people are making it out to be. That, that'd be a big deal if they lost their quarterback, you know, year one with DeBoer coming in. That'd be massive. Yeah. No, I – I don't know. After really spending some time thinking about it with DeBoer at Alabama, I don't think it's going to work. And it has nothing to do – well, I guess maybe it does have something to do with him as a coach. I just – I don't think the the situation is – I really don't think there's any way he can have success. Because what is success at Alabama? It's a national championship. There's a reason that Nick Saban left now. It's not just because he woke up the day after the the semifinal loss and thought, well, I'm tired. I need to retire. No. You know, there's there's a lot of headwinds with Alabama right now, and it's not just Alabama. You've got, like, the new scheduling coming up is going to be way more difficult. Uh, the 12-team playoff, NIL, transfer portal, like, it's a – the it's a totally different landscape than it was when Nick Saban had the stranglehold on college football. Totally different landscape, and it's going to become more and more difficult for Alabama, not easier and easier. Sure. 
and that would have been the case if Saban himself was there, much less Kalen DeBoer, who's going to have to try and fill those shoes. I just don't think it's a winnable situation. But ha- but who could they have hired to where Nobody. you wouldn't have fil- Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Nobody. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have anything to do with Kalen DeBoer and how good of a coach he is. It's just, I mean, he's he is not set up for that job. I, he, he's, he's barely been a head coach for a, just a handful of years. And two of them were at Washington and Washington had a ton of success whenever he was there, but it's not anything like it's going to be at Alabama. I had, they lost their semifinal game or, you know, the, the conference championship, it would have been, ah, shucks. Thought we had it this year. It was a really good team. We'll get him next year. It is never going to be like that at Alabama. And if he doesn't win a championship in the first couple of years, every single move that he makes, every game that they don't win or there's questionable decision or every player that enters the portal, or it's going to be pointed at him. In the past, yeah. it was probably, like, for instance, a few months ago, they lose a five-star to Auburn. Well, I'm sure they were disappointed by it, but it, it's Nick Saban. We'll be all right. We'll figure it out. They, they just – and not that DeBoer should, but he doesn't get the same credits when something like yeah. that happens. Yeah, for well, sure. And over the last 10 years or more, Alabama's either had like the number one or number two recruiting class in the country except for one year. And I, I, I don't think he's going to get the number one recruiting class in the country next year. I don't think it'll probably. I think it probably won't be number two. But even if it's number three, the difference between one and sometimes two and definitely three can be substantial. And if you have back-to-back years plus a, a transfer portal window that's looking like now is going to be a big negative, because you're just purging guys. You're not. I mean. Other than some Washington guys and Arizona guys, like your window's closed right now. There's not just a bunch of guys waiting to see who was going to be hired at Alabama and going to start going uh, going uh, with DeBoer. So you're gonna your roster's going to be much worse next year than it was right now. Yeah, and that's just for starters. Uh, by the way, uh, the Jalen Milrow thing. I yeah. should have uh, checked the Twitter account at Big Orange Punch tweeted that out. So it was a, it was a troll account. So in the midst of my Lawrence weekend, I uh, committed the cardinal sin of not checking the uh, the Twitter handle there. Uh, so like Milrow's coming back. Yeah. But well, could there be uh, some potential tampering going on with some schools? Uh, maybe. Well, and they did lose their best wide receiver already, which that's that's a that sucks. And DeBoer is a great offensive mind. You know they'll they'll figure out a way to deal with Milrose strengths and weaknesses, just like they did with Penix. But those are two totally different football players now. Yep, totally different. Um, doesn't mean that they can't improve him as a passer, but all the things that that Penix was able to just smoothly operate, I don't know that's going to be the case with Milrose. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep the text messages coming. We'll be back. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. 
Do you like to stand out in a crowd while wearing the best in OU apparel? The Jimmy Austin Pro Shop carries the best brands you can wear to work or even dress up events. Lines such as Lululemon, Travis Matthew, Footjoy, Greg Norman, Grayson, or Turtleson with the OU and Jimmy Austin logo are sure to catch everyone. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. It is a Reaction Monday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You can't see this, but I can. Las Vegas Sooner says, gentlemen, just joining the show, sharing this pick from the Chiefs game, my boy representing OU. And there is the uh, son of Las Vegas Sooner with uh, what looks like an OU beanie on and a lot of other layers there. Nice. You see the Very videos nice. if they would take a water out of the uh, out of the cooler, and it would instantly freeze. Beers yeah. are like yes. frozen over the top. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, insane, nuts. Um, you could just tell right away that, and we knew it beforehand. But Miami not prepared to play. How could you be in that weather? Um, well. You can't. <laughs> it's not – I mean, it's hard enough to go from Miami, Florida, to go play in a in a game that's, you know, between 30 and 40 degrees cold, right? I mean, that affects your, your hands and and the way the football feels and, and footing and everything. But you're talking it feels 50 degrees colder than that. That's – you just you cannot prepare for that. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, you just if you're a warm weather city, you you can't, man. I, there's just not a way to prepare for that. And that's why, like I guess USC and UCLA had to make the move to the Big Ten, but there's probably going to be what maybe two games a year that they have to play in on the road that they literally can't prepare for, and that's yeah. going to be really difficult. You know, I bet, I bet they. I'm sure that that was a big topic of conversation, and I would bet that they are going to help them as much as they can. You don't know the weather, but there's a difference in playing against Wisconsin or Michigan or some of those schools in October than late November, right? Well, I, they may, but I think that's crap if they do that. No, I, I agree. <laughs> you just they, they you know how play things in the go, elements though. like everyone else. You know how things work. You know how things operate. To suggest that that wasn't a conversation is, like, for example, uh, USC in 24, they play Michigan on September 21st in Michigan, and they play Minnesota October 5th in Minnesota. Yeah, USC plays at Michigan September 21st at Minnesota on October 5th. Jeez. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I know. I, I'm just. I think that's crap, though, that it works out that way. Yeah. But you know, that's probably part of the negotiation, at least for, uh, you know, early in this this whole switch up. They probably said, "Listen, you may just play whoever you want, but at least early on, send us to uh, Minnesota early in the year, please," and and that's what you get. Johnny H. says, Kalen DeBoer didn't think this move through. Never be the guy that follows the goat. 
we talked about that a lot, following the GOAT. That's tough. But I think, yeah, you don't follow the GOAT if you're at Georgia or if you've got things going at even a program like Tennessee. I, I do think, though, if like the situation he's at, Washington, like I, I think that they were going to have a step back next year. Right. The amount of money that Alabama was going to pay you. And, yes, you've got to follow the GOAT. That's going to be incredibly difficult. I'm with you. I think it probably doesn't work out. But it's still the Alabama job, you know? It, right. It, it, even for a guy that's the head coach at Washington, with everything they have there, it's really tough to turn down the, the Alabama job. It's easy if you're Kirby Smart. A little bit more difficult if it's Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a huge payday there. Has the number been announced? I haven't uh, seen maybe. it. Maybe. I, I haven't seen um, it. So. I'm sure it's going to be in the 8 to $10 million a year range. Um you know, you feel like the infrastructure and everything is perfect there to win. I mean, the one thing that, well, everything, but one of the things that Saban was was best at is making sure that every single inch of that program, every facet, everything is championship level. Uh, strength and conditioning, nutrition, meeting rooms and facilities, training room and facilities, uh, everything is absolutely top-notch. They've got a, a huge network of of donors and um, personnel behind the scenes there that help make that huge machine well, let, operate. Let's say it this way then, okay? With everything that you're laying out that's championship-ready, I think two things can be true about the Alabama job. One it's probably the most pressure that we've seen for anybody to take over in the past 30 years, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But two, it's probably the best situation in college football that anyone's ever taken over immediately in the past 30 years. Ever stepped into? Yeah. Yeah. You make a, a great claim. You make a great, great claim for that. Now, I don't think it's going to work. But if it does work, he has to hit a home run on year one, right? You you cannot afford to lose momentum. Let any doubt creep in. Let everyone out there on the recruiting trail who already is right now for the 25 class, oh, man, you're thinking about Alabama, huh? That sucks, right? Uh, especially for the defensive guys. Yeah, you know, Saban, he's – He's, he's operated that program around the defense since he's been there. He's going to be offensive-minded coach. Everything's changed. So uh, everyone's going to be recruiting against that right out of the gate. Yep. And if there's any cracks in the facade, the fan base, like everyone is like he will not get the benefit of the doubt like Saban would. You lose to Texas early in the year for Saban, what's the thought? Oh, boy, I feel sorry for that team for the rest of this week or, or the rest of the season. It's going to be brutal down there. If DeBoer loses the second game of the season, that he does not get that same response. No. Right? Well, in his fourth career game at Bama, he's going to have to yeah. play the number one team in the country. Yeah, there you go. And if he can capitalize and win and – keep the juggernaut running, well then, hey, who knows? But it has to happen right away. There is no honeymoon phase. 
There is no two or three years to get his guys in, to get things how he wants. He's not going to be afforded that opportunity, unfortunately. By the way, Bills just scored, so they're up 7 nothing with seven minutes left in the first quarter on the mm. Steelers. And what is it, 4.30 local time, start there on a Monday? Most people are, are off, I'm guessing. But, yeah, that place is still packed. Does yeah. not matter if the game was moved back, the time. Nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, nah, place is still packed. Yep. Yep. Uh, not shocking at all, um, and it's going to be it's going to be nice playing that weather up there. Not too bad, not too bad. Well, I think both of those teams are a little bit more used to it. So, oh yeah, uh, think the the level of play should be just fine. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is the Ref, home of Sooner fans. Mike Steely here for my friends at Cavens Emergency Response. Are you prepared for the winter weather? This time of the year, we see pipes burst when we least expect it. That's why Cavens Emergency Services are here for you 24 hours a day. Cavens can prevent further damage, dry structures to minimize mold, and fix pipes. Leave the work to the experts. Cavens is here for you. Call them at Cavens Group today, 405-573-3048, or online at cavensgroup.com. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Cavitz Group bringing you the sour of the rush on Monday. And if you have an emergency repair that needs to be attended to, Cavins, they are on the clock 24 hours a day, 24-7. Give Cavins a call, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. That's 918-282-7612. Or you can check them out at cavinsgroup.com. But if you have an emergency repair from the weather over the weekend, give Cavens a call today. Again, 405-573-3048 or cavensgroup.com. Uh, AP's poll is out for men's hoops. Uh, OU dropped two last week, but still in the top 15 at number 15 today in the new poll. Yeah. Yeah. Lost that was two a... really good basketball teams on the road. Yeah. The, and we know that's how it's going to be in this conference. It's going to be tough to win those. Those road games, I would have liked them to play a little bit better in that second half. I mean, first half, they looked really solid. We're right there toe-to-toe for a good portion, and they just couldn't answer the the energy and shot-making. Did they hit a shot in the second half? <laughs> I, I walked out of there Saturday, watch. and I'm like, did they did they hit a shot from the field in the second half? I'm sure that they did, but... That was not not great offensively. No, it was only forced two turnovers on the uh, on the day too. Mm, not not tough. ideal. Got outscored forty six twenty six in the paint. Yep, and it's going to be nice to to get back home against West Virginia. 
Um, and then you're on the road to Cincinnati, home versus Texas, and then home versus uh, Tech is what it looks like over the, you know, the next couple weeks. So I thought got last three week, of your next four at home. Yeah, I thought last week was probably going to be the most difficult week in the regular season at TCU and at Kansas. This could be one of the more important weeks of the regular season just to regain momentum, and mm-hmm. you, sh- you you need to beat West Virginia at home on Wednesday night. And I know it's a road game, and this team has struggled away from Norman recently, but this kind of feels like one of those that you could go up and win if you play well. Yeah, I would say I'd say at a minimum, West Virginia at Cincy, home against Texas, uh, you really need to go 2-3 and three over that stretch. 100%, yes. Um, at a minimum, it'd be nice if you were able to take all three, but they've got to get back feeling good about how they're playing. Yeah, just second half offensively wasn't wasn't good enough. And Bill Self said that was the best game that KU's played since the UConn game, mm-hmm. which surprised, right? They lose at UCF. Uh, need a call to beat TCU and come back and play their best game in over a month. Yeah, <sighs> probably so that we see them play bad against UCF, and it's like the natural thought is, hey, we may have a shot to go up there and beat them when in reality it's more like, well, there went your shot to go up to Kansas and and perhaps catch them. They're going to be they're going to be ready to roll after what no doubt would have been a, a really rough couple of days from Bill Self. I was telling Josh during locked in that was uh, there's a good amount of OU fans that were there on Saturday. Looked like it. Yeah. Could, it could, looked like there was. Could you hear the guy when OU's down 14 late in the second half? When KU's at the free throw line, boom! When KU's shooting free throws, I, I I don't know who that guy was or if he's listening right now. If for some chance you are listening, I, I salute you and the fact that you didn't let up even late in the second half. Nice job. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, yeah, just incredible. And, and you mentioned it, just the two turnovers. Um, mustered up two points off turnovers. Not going to be good enough. No. Not going to you need to start winning that that battle where you're scoring more off tor- turnovers than your opponent is or it's going to be really difficult to beat anyone in this conference let alone on the road uh even at home. This goes back to Kalen DeBoer on the text line from the 405. You don't get an opportunity to take over a roster like that. You take it if you can get it no question. And that's yeah, yeah I, for for a guy with the Washington job, I think that's absolutely the case. Yeah, I wouldn't have blamed some other coaches, Kirby Smart, maybe even Dan Laney included, if they said, "Yeah, I'm kind of good where I'm at in the situation we have here." Yeah, you know, it's really, it's kind of interesting from on Alabama's side of things, and I don't know what the entire list looked like, and and if they'll ever if you'll ever know who their real number one was, and if that was that was their number one. It just, it's a, it's kind of a strange hire. He's, he's really. Real, he's new when it comes to being a head coach. Um, has no experience down in that area of the country. Totally different than Saban. He's an offensive-minded guy. Uh, it's it's just I don't know. It's it's an it was an interesting hire for a bunch of reasons. I guess uh, Matt Campbell interviewed for that Washington job. Clearly, yeah. he didn't get it. Yeah, but he's. Um, <laughs> I mean, and you leave Iowa State to take the Washington job. You you do, but I'm just starting to think that Matt Campbell is going to be at Iowa State for a uh, for a long, long time. And if he wants to get out, he may not have that opportunity again, like he did maybe a few years ago. 
It's a good thing he really likes that place, supposedly. Now, I will say, he's got a good young quarterback now and Becht. That was a blessing um, in disguise for the future, what happened to yeah. them this past offseason. Yep. Um, I keep my eyes on that kid. He, he has a chance to be really good, and if they can build that offense around him, get back to doing what they've done with the running game and, and the tight ends and the – you know, and, and playing good, solid defense. They'll be competitive in the Big 12, um, but, you know, we kind of know what their what their ceiling's going to be. All right, quick timeout. That's it for hour number one. More from The Rush coming up.